We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you on Friday night, January 20th, at the wonderful time of about 9:10. The Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Miami Heat 115 to 90. Uh, really a a an outstanding win for a team that really needed a statement game. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, nice to have another early game. We're recording it just uh just under 9.10 Central Time. So big Mavericks win. We're recording before 9.15. Nothing to, compl- nothing to complain about. No. Things are good. No, I mean, this was... There are was... things to complain about, but we don't have to talk about them. Well, that, so it, with with a, a game like this, it was very interesting. Coming into it, I think all of us were a little... At Mavs Moneyball, at least, were a little worried that the Heat were going to just slap the Mavericks. I mean, it was a team that's won four out of five. They just handed it to the Pelicans a couple days ago. And the Mavericks are now without, you know, we've not spoken since the Christian Wood news broke that he has a fracture in his off his left hand. You can see it on the dunk that happened. And it made me wonder at the time if something like that happened. It was the three-pointer from the corner, gets his own rebound and forcefully jams it in. But he's going to be out for kind of a period of time. Um and, you know, after he broke, after he hurt his thumb, like he had two points in the fourth quarter. Now we know why. Like, he just wasn't very effective. So even if it's something he could play through, it's kind of up and up in the air question of whether it's something he can play through. So coming out in the Mavericks are going to be very small, where Kid talked in the pregame that they were, you know, going to have to play Dorian at five, which was a little worrisome. And, you know, it, it and the crazy part was it didn't matter. The Mavericks, like Dwight <laughs> Powell played 33 minutes, um, 33 pretty good minutes. And this, the Mavericks just look great. Like as, as Luca, as much trouble as Luca had with the double team against, um, who'd we play last time? Atlanta, (laughs) Atlanta. He didn't have that trouble against the heat. He was in his bag making the, er he made a lot earlier decisions tonight, but also the heat were doing some junk defense stuff. A lot of zone. 
Um, they're not very big. Like Bam Adebayo, I guess, is a center, but he's like 6'10". And so it's like the, it, this was kind of a nice team to have to play in your first game where you're small because they just don't they don't have a lot of size themselves. So what what all did you see out there? Um, I saw the defense looking a lot more spry. And <laughs> I hate to do this, you know, this early. It's only been one game, but it it was hard not to notice the defensive effort and the defensive intensity that the Mavericks played with and not think about, well, Christian Wood's not playing. Um, And there's just a difference with Dwight Powell and with Wood, you have to play more drop and you have to be a little bit more conservative because he just isn't, he just isn't a high quality defender and he can't really, you know, you want to keep him as close to the rim as possible. You want to keep his assignments simple and that makes things tough when you've got a perimeter defense that isn't necessarily, you know, a lockdown perimeter uh, defensive group that the Mavericks have, especially when they're missing all their guys. Yeah. And I mean, you could just tell with Powell on the floor, like he can play the level of the screen in the pick and roll. And that's not necessarily like trapping, just being able to flash and, and, and meet the ball handler at the level of the screen, just being able to do that and, and not, get immediately burned by it makes such a big difference for this group defensively. It puts a lot less strain on guys like Bullock and Finney Smith and green to, you know, have to do everything and fight through mm-hmm. the screen and, 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 you know, have to play basically like a hundred percent perfect or the play gets blown up. It just, it makes a big difference. And, and Powell had two steals. The Mavericks had seven steals total. And the funny thing is that he didn't necessarily have an, awful offensive game they still played really like i think i got some blowback because i kind of made a tongue-in-cheek joke on twitter about wood and his agent and i got some people that responded to me they were like yeah well i mean the, the heat are still scoring at the paint and i'm like yeah i mean that's fine but it, if you're gonna limit a team to four of 20 from three and the four obviously like the the percentage is is a little bit lucky but only 23 point attempts by the heat and they came into this game seventh in three point rate uh, in terms of volume of shots that are three pointers. So they did a really good job at running the heat off the three point line. And I think that matters when all of your, the players that you're playing in your starting lineup, at least can all kind of get out to the perimeter and not feel uncomfortable. Unlike someone with Christian Wood, who's playing drop and that opens you up to pull up threes, which I don't and corner threes. Part of me is irritated at the concept of him playing drop, but he just has bad hips for that. Like Powell is really shifty out there and kind of. Powell's like, a good uh, athlete on the perimeter. Yeah, and and you'd expect you'd expect Wood to be better at that with how good he is on offense, but it's just a different no. movement type, and he's not. If they could ever show, it's probably, frankly, too late in his basketball development to ever show him how to effectively blitz. It's just something that that you got to. You either got to know how to do it. You got to have some instincts for it. And he just doesn't. But this was the, the defensive stuff was fun. I really I did enjoy it. I think the Mavericks still gave up a fair number of paint points, but that's OK. Um, if you're going to guard the three point line like that, we also have to admit to a degree that three point defense is lit. We, we there's a lot of luck involved. So it's like challenging the three point shooters was really great because they've not done that well in a while. So that's also important. And then the Heat also just missed some shots, and that just let Dallas go to work. Yeah, and this was definitely – I mean, you could tell from the opening tip, one team was a team that seemed really desperate and Mm -hmm. wanted to 
just felt like they really needed a win, and the other team was looked complacent. And the yep. Heat are, have been on a good run. They haven't necessarily been challenged too hard in the last couple of weeks. They've been playing really good basketball. And the Mavericks, I mean, if they lost this game, they dropped to what would they have been? They'd be twenty, basically 24. one game above five hundred. Yeah, if if that happened, if they were twenty four and twenty three, like you know, things tighten up, and you know. Kid called them out on defense after the Atlanta game. Like everything just kind of lined up. Like they desperately needed a win. They and did. They played like it from from the opening tip, and the Heat just didn't look like a team that they didn't care if they lost this game. Is what I'm saying. But it, you know, you could tell one team really cared about if they would have lost this game. It was obviously the Mavericks. Um, and sometimes you need that. You know, that's good. Like it's not bad. Um, so yeah, that helps. So I. I... I don't really know what else to add to this game specifically. There's probably like a pair of guys that I'd like to talk about, and then we can maybe sort of move on from the game because I thought the conversation around the game is starting to get interesting. Off the bench, Reggie Bullock played another excellent (laughs) game. He's now 28 for 59 from three in January. Um, So so he has arrived for, for anyone curious. Like he was at plus 33. Four straight games and double digits uh, mm-hmm. scoring. Um, before this run of four games in double digit scoring, he had one, two, three. He had four games of double digit scoring total in the month of December. Um, and he's already, and they played a lot of games in December. Yeah. Uh, so he's already done it in almost about half the games, it looks like. Uh, so that's pretty good. And it's so funny, man. I mean, he's literally, he's literally doing it right at the same, around the same amount uh, time he turned his season around last season. Like it's just scientists need to study this. Like I, I, I need to know why, like, it's just, it's baffling to me. Cause like, again, it's not like he's taking different shots or doing anything different. No, like, they're just going in. Guy. Yeah. It's, 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 crazy. it's such a confidence thing. And it's interesting. You know, him coming off the bench is interesting to me. Tim Hardaway obviously came back from that ankle sprain, hilarious one for 10 shooting night. And that didn't matter. He was still a plus 25. That's how bad the heat were at yeah. certain things. Um, and then the last guy, I think we should touch on uh, second green back from injury, Josh green, 27 minutes, 12 points, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. hit five free throws, also great, and played sort of his his most um, – he had an and one finish that pleased me a great deal, like rip-through finish type stuff that is very difficult. You know, it's, it's a strength thing, confidence thing. I really just – I liked his game a great deal. He brings that energy that the Mavericks have gotten. Like Frank does it, Nilakina does it a little bit. But Josh is just more skilled. So there's there's elements of that. I mean, he had three offensive rebounds, which the, the Mavericks have not, you know, they had 10 for the game, which is not something they really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. I liked this game. I wanted to yeah. mention him. I mean, he shows that dynamic, the, the, the dynamic ability. You know, he's like the only guy yeah. other than Luca and Dinwiddie on the roster beside, you know, and then, you know, there's Hardy. But in terms of the regular rotation guys, it's him. It's Luca, it's Dinwiddie, and then it's him in terms of guys that can just do stuff attacking off the dribble. And it just it makes such a difference. Um, you know, they really, they really, really missed that while he was out. Well, and that, so the, just to sort of pivot from the game a little bit, one of the things I found fascinating listening to both pregame, uh, the commentators and uh, halftime, I didn't watch postgame, 
was the the national media has picked up the does Luca need help mantra or in Stephen A. Smith's case, Luca needs help very loudly. And there was just lots of discussion about, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's gone on a few podcasts. He seems to sort of like take challenge to it, not necessarily offense. Like none of these guys are going to take offense. Like modern NBAs, like LeBron James asks for, for new players every third game. Like this is just part of it. But I, I find that interesting because it's so confusing game to game. If you're a hardcore fan of this team, you watch that game tonight and you're like, we should never trade Josh Green. <laughs> and I understand that sentiment then, I, but I also want to say like, again, like 12 points and five rebounds is great. It's also 12 points and five rebounds. I, I, I just, so I'm, I've been thinking about like the national conversation and what that means if anything and i just wanted to kind of give you a chance to expound on it a little bit or are you just over it at this point uh i don't know it's just like because with us it's something we've been talking about longer than like it's it's interest the interesting thing to me that might not be interesting to our listeners is more just like how people are catching up to things we've been talking about since 2019 like so like this isn't like a new conversation. This isn't a new thing for us, but it's just interesting to see how other media outlets and other media people are finally kind of catching up to what we've been saying for, you know, yeah. it's going to be four years this summer. Yeah. Um, and, and to be clear, we've been right this whole time, not very interested in that debate. Um, but where I, I get a little confused to a degree is just where Dallas is right now. They also can't do very much right like they're just sort of there's and this is why we were so grumpy because it's like now that everybody's realized it, it that that the mavericks should maybe have done a little more or or you know it, it's like the boyan bug or uh, the, is it boyan bogdanovich yeah yep. yeah boyan bogdanovich conversation like like adrian warzanowski says the mavericks are very interested in him and nerland's noel i cannot fucking describe to you how crazy i will go if they trade for those two specific players in 2023 <laughs> when they could have signed nerland's noel in 2017 and they could have signed uh, Boyan Bogdanovich in 2019 if they had any interest they didn't so it's like that's why it's just it's it's a weird situation to be in because I more or less think that the Mavericks should continue with the team that they have ride it out do not give up anything right now and see what you can do later if they get their butts kicked so be it that will mean Cuban kid and everyone will have to take their medicine too and it's you know, kid to a degree, he's not like come out and said anything specific, but him admitting that Dorian has to play the five is a, is a all but an admission yeah. that his his you know free agency signing was is a failure. And hey, Mavericks had one big on the prove, roster, and McGee still didn't play tonight. A minute, like, yeah. and that doesn't give me like comfort because I don't want I want to be wrong, but it it's it's fascinating to look because. I just, the, the pressure is going to ratchet up. I mean, Tim McMahon on the, the Hoop Collective today mentioned our site. That was fun. Uh, and then, uh, so thanks, Tim, even though he won't hear this. But it, it just sort of talked about how it's like everybody all at once has sort of realized the Mavericks are not quite it. And it's being it's been overshadowed because the rest of the West is somehow worse. Like, 
Christian Wood getting hurt, I don't think is going to really affect them in the standings because they'll win just enough basketball games. He'll probably come back in three weeks or something, and they'll have played 500 ball the whole time. I mean, this is just, this is odd. Yeah, I mean, what, if they were, if this was last season, they would be right around like the seventh seed at this mm-hmm. moment, and they'd be like really far back from being like in third or fourth, I think. Yep. So they're, you know, the West is weird. Like It, it is. I mean, no one had the Clippers being this bad. You know, the Timberwolves, I think some people thought might be bad, but I mean, to actually see it is another thing. Like the Suns are two games under 500. Like the Warriors are a game under 500. They beat Brooklyn the other night like they stole something. It like it, basketball is just so odd this year. It's if there is, I'm in a group chat with some fans who are kind of like uh, friends of mine who are fan who are kind of sick of the NBA conceptually after just years. And it's like, oh, well, this is this is getting to be, you know, like football is really great when everybody's kind of the same because there's not enough games because every game feels like it matters. So if everybody's on like a similar level, you don't mind because it means every week your team has a chance. When you play 82 of these, it is <laughs> it starts to be very annoying because it's like, yeah. what sort of product are we watching? Right. And it's hard to tell what's real and what's not real. It's just because every win you're like, oh, that was a good win. And then that team you beat just lost five in a row. And now instead of that being a over 500 when it was it's an under 500 win, right. you know like right it's weird it's 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 a weird season and i'm you know i'm with you i don't want them to trade any first rounders for any marginal upgrades now if something crazy happens and they can make their star trade at the deadline like i don't expect that but that's like the only thing i would want them to do uh other than anything that would be like player for player, like in terms of draft picks, if they do like, you know, like you said, if they do a first for Boyan for a 34 year old Boyan, when they could have given him money and not traded a first round pick when he was 20 or 30 or 29 or 30, like that's just, Oh, that's crazy. I just hate, I hate that idea. Um, uh, So I just, I don't know. They just, they need to write it out. And I think that's, the way that the West is probably makes it even more hard for them to want to write it out because it is up for grabs. Like even, even with Denver and Memphis kind of running away with things, I mean, I'm still not scared of Memphis in a playoff nope. series. <laughs> like nope. the, the Mavericks have played the Nuggets pretty well in the Jokic era. Uh, like those teams aren't like the, the 2018 Warriors or anything like that. You know, like they're not, they don't feel like these unbeatable Titans, like the, that's felt like the, the, the NBA has had in the last couple of years, whether it's LeBron's awesome teams uh, or the, or Steph's awesome Warriors teams, like for the first time in a while, it's like, there's no dynasty. There's no juggernaut super team. So that makes, that must make it hard to want to be patient. Right. Cause you're, you're yep. like, man, what if we just had two more guys to this, to this roster that could do things, how much better we'd be. And it's, it's kind of hard to argue that, but I still want them to be patient. Well, and and I wrote about this the day of. I don't think we had enough chance to talk about it against Atlanta. I I am perfectly okay with Luka Doncic deciding to leverage anything on anyone. Honestly, I really am. Because that's the way the NBA works now. I don't love it, but that's, uh, you know, everybody's sort of spoiled by Dirk, and then we didn't have a superstar. You know, Dirk was post 
you know, he's 32 when they won the championship. So he, the closest thing he did to flexing his muscles was ask for Rajon Rondo, which they did. And that was a disaster. So it's like Luca at, you know, finally nudging and saying, Lay, let's do something. Let's, I'm okay with that because what that then means is he has some responsibility for it too, which means he has to recruit, which means he has to talk to fellow team, you know, to, to players across the league, openly tamper. I don't care. You know, Dirk never did that stuff. And, and it's, I'm sorry, it's the way of the world. You know, it's, it's selling and you know, Luca taking ownership in this means he too is responsible. It's a, it's why I get so frustrated with, Le, with various LeBron James narratives because he has taken all of the player agency and very little of the player responsibility because he wanted a lot of the Lakers trades that have happened. So him asking for more, it's like, well, you, you did, you did your part already. Um, Anyway, it's a little bit of a side tangent, but no, I, I, gotcha. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just sort of, I, I don't know, I'm all over the place today. So with that, <laughs> I think we should probably pivot to the last bit of news and then get on with our night. Does that work for you? That works for me. So um, if you're on the social media sphere, and you may or may not be, um, a great portion of SB Nation, which is our parent blog company, which is owned by Vox Media, uh, made the decision today to shut down a significant number of SB Nation sites. Nine to ten SB Nation basketball sites got shut down in, in their entirety. Mavs Moneyball is not one of them. That is in no small part due to people who peruse and continuously visit our website. We do. We have a, a loyal base, and I am grateful for that as much as I am frustrated by the decision. The second thing that happened today was we learned that by the end of February, the podcast network that SB Nation runs, which you are listening to through a particular RSS feed, which you have subscribed to, is getting nuked. What does that mean for Josh and I? We don't know. Um, <laughs> we have, a, a it's, it's been a, a, a business day. We are making, uh, there's a lot of decisions to be made. We hope, I, I will say that I think, you know, pretty, pretty affirmatively that this, what Josh and I do will continue in some form, right? Right. I don't expect much to change for our listeners, Things are going to change for us yes. as we try to figure out back end things, right? And platforms like if, and how how are we going to get paid now? And well, the we technical side of things becomes like this: this this feed that you listen to that automatically downloads to whatever device you have. If we get access to that feed and it becomes ours as opposed to SB Nations, nothing will change for you. If they do not grant that. That is when things become slightly more difficult for yeah, you us. Might have, and, you might have to subscribe to a different, right, a new Mavericks podcast. I will be so us. annoying on so many platforms because <laughs> that's how, you know, it's, it's just awareness. Like we get, we have anywhere, and I'm, I'm just, I'm sharing some inside baseball here, but depending on the time of year, in a given month, we have anywhere from 20 to 40,000 individual listeners. Uh, that means people who drop in from time to time. That means subscribers, that sort of thing. Um, it's not a ton, but that's also a small town in Texas. Like we could, our, our podcast feed could, could host a 5A high school. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, so it's, it's something that we're going to have to figure out. We have time because like I said, end of February, we will be talking more as we learn more. But in the meantime, I really don't expect anything to change in terms of our feed because, you know, you people come and listen to our show because of the consistency of the work. 
Um, I think that gets lost in a great deal of online ventures, particularly people who want to start something like, oh, I want to do a podcast. I'm glad it, you should. If you want to go make something, go make something. But you build an audience by consistent content. And that's what Josh and I do. And that's what we will continue to do until we learn anymore. Now, we still work and write for Mavs Moneyball. That is something that will stay in the short term. But we just wanted to kind of let people know that if if we start to get odd, both on our like, you know, redirecting people to a new subscription, that sort of thing. That's that's why. But, you know, I, I just wanted to talk about it. We've been thinking about it all day, but Josh and I both have day jobs. So it was like really weird to get this announcement and then not be able to do anything about it. And then it's Friday evening. So, <laughs> yeah, I spent my in between my work meetings Googling what Patreon is and all that kind of fun stuff. So we we have some work we have some work to do on our end but yeah like kirk said at most the worst thing that would happen to you on the listener end is you you might have to subscribe to a new podcast feed but otherwise we plan on keeping this going at business as usual um from your end but it'll be different from our end in terms of what we're doing on the back end but hopefully that doesn't make it to y'all and hopefully nothing changes for y'all and just keep listening to this feed and nothing changes and everything's fine, but yeah, there could be, there could be some, some, some change uh, in, a, in a month or so, but we're going to, we're going to figure that part out. That's right. So, and also in, in wonderful news, the Sunday game against the Clippers got moved. Yeah, um, otherwise we're, you know, half, most of our staff is Cowboys fans, which would have meant I would have been stuck doing everything. Which sucks. <laughs> um, and I, I had a lot not, and I don't know about you, but I had a decent amount of mass fans that were like, I'm stuck with these tickets. Like no one's going to want to buy them and everyone's going to be at the game. Like I'm just going to have to eat it. So I'm glad those people can like either sell their tickets or, or go to the game and not worry yeah. about missing the Cowboy game. Yep. Um, well, the only thing that might be weird is like my wife is like, you should take Parker to the game, which is a good idea. But if that's the case, I'm not sure if we will um... – do one of these but we'll figure out something it'll it'll even if we have to Someone talk will like be here. late yeah we'll do something <laughs> so thanks for hanging out with us guys this has been kirk henderson and josh bow and we will talk with you on sunday